So let's get into the fun part, making the call. This is what everybody looks like, right? You're like, ah, crap, I'm nervous. I had a, a, a student one time. He, you know, the expression, he was shaking like a leaf. Well, I've never seen a leaf vibrate at the frequency that this kid was shaking. Like, I mean, he was very, very nervous. He almost disintegrated his phone in his hand of how much he was just vibrating with the phone in his hand of the fear of making the call. It's insane. It's insane. And I completely understand. So let, let's try to get through this uh, with less panic and hopefully less trust. Key number one is get through the list. That's all you got to worry about. I know you're like, John, but what's the point of just getting through the list? I'm going to miss possible deals. No, you're not. You're not going to get any deals because you're not good on the phone. You're not. People, and what do I know? Why do I say not being good on the phone is such an issue? I've listened to calls. So I do call reviews for some of my students, right? And they send me a call. And the seller is saying, you know, they're talking about the house. Like one particular call, he was like, yeah, because the, the roof is really jacked up and this is really jacked up. And, I, and I'm sure the tenant screwed up the house. And then this and this and this, blah, 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 blah. And then the the caller, he's like, okay, so... You know, what What can you tell me about the kitchen? What can you tell me about the basement? And I'm like, dude, he just said that the tenants probably screwed up the house. Like that to me is a big flag, right? It's like, what do you mean the tenants screwed up the house? You have trouble tenants? Are they not paying? Are they difficult to deal with, difficult to work with? Are you thinking about an eviction? These are crucial points because it's going to lead to a motivation to why it is that they want to sell. But you don't know to ask those questions because you don't have the experience of being on the phone, right? You don't have the experience of listening to all these objections. So that's why it's so crucial to just, number one, just get through the list. Make calls, make calls, make calls, make calls to the point where it's like, I got to make calls. Yeah, okay, I got to make calls. You don't think about it. It's not like, oh, man, okay, well, I got to get pumped up. Let me get some espresso, some coffee. Let me do some jumping jacks. You know, it's like. It get beyond that fear. And the only way you're going to get beyond it is by doing this so often that you're just numb to making calls. And making calls just doesn't move the needle in either direction in your, in your emotions and your feelings. So this is why we do key number one, right? So don't worry about what to say. It doesn't matter. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about how it goes. Don't worry if they don't answer. Just get through the list. So uh, keep... Uh, note to take away from this is schedule it in. Say, hey, tomorrow at X time, I'm going to start making calls. Now, a little tip about when to make calls. Try to make calls when people are home. <laughs> and this is something that it's like, well, yeah, obviously. Yeah, obviously, but not many of you guys do it. A lot of people are making calls when it's convenient for you, right? 10 to 3, 9 to 4. Those are the times you want to make calls because it's your work day, right? The best time to make calls is evenings and weekends. So if you say, but I have a full-time job, cool. Evenings and weekends are still the best time to make calls because that's when people are more likely to be home and more likely to be receptive to a phone call. Like if you call me during the day, I am working. I might not have the time or, or the want to be speaking to you. You understand? But now in the evening, I'm, I've clocked out. I'm not focused on work anymore, or I probably shouldn't be focused on work anymore at that time. But now, when you call me, you're, you're more able to get me to have a conversation with you and get a hold of more people. So you want to make call in the evenings and weekends because that's when people are actually home. And you want to do it, especially with key number one, because you want to be able to hear people, talk to people, screw up, stutter, make mistakes. 
as much as possible. If all you're doing is calling and nobody's answering, you're not learning anything because nobody's answering, right? So you want to make sure you're calling at times that people are more likely to answer their phone. So you want to schedule it in. So in that way, as soon as it's good, the alarm rings, whatever it is, you go ahead and you start making your call. Regardless of how you're feeling in the moment, that's what you got to do. And that's why it's great to just get through the list because it doesn't matter how you feel. I'm feeling scared. Screw up the call. It doesn't matter. Oh, but what if nothing? What if we already went over the what ifs? They're not going to remember it was you. But the next time you call, you're probably going to be calling from a different phone number anyway. So they're not, even if they block the number or whatever it is, it's not going to matter at all. Now, this is coming from many, many years of experience. So don't take it as an opinion. Like they're not going to remember you, right? So don't let that hold you back. Key number two, connecting the dots. So what do I mean? Again, you have two to 10 possible phone numbers for this person. You want to know if the number you're calling belongs to the owner of the property you're trying to reach. That's the only thing I want you to worry about in key number two. So you already got through key number one. You got through the list. Cool. I got through the list. Spoke to some people. Screwed up every single one of those calls. Awesome. I don't want to hear that you did good on the calls. Because that means you weren't doing key number one, which is just get through the list. Key number two, now you're connecting the dots. And why is this crucial? Because this is going to be important in the follow-up sequence that we're going to go over. So you want to connect the dots. So then this way you do process of elimination. You start eliminating all the wrong numbers. All the people that's like, no, I don't know who Steve is. I don't know that I don't, I've never lived at that property. Whatever it is. Cool. Wrong number. Let's get rid of that one. So you do process of elimination and start cleaning up your list. So you know that this phone number belongs to the owner of this house. It's going to be very crucial as we move through, uh, through this because these lists are massive. Like I said, a 2000 property list could have five, six, 7,000 phone numbers. It's 2000 properties. They don't need 7,000 phone numbers. You need 2000 phone numbers, right? So you want to make sure you, you narrow that list down because as you move forward through marketing and using your marketing, you're going to be able to repurpose it through texting, through many areas, but at least you know you're texting the right number, you're calling the right number, you're leaving a voicemail to the right number. So let's go over some scripts on this. The owner, how do you verify the owner? Hey, Jimmy, it's John. And I do it like that. I, I try to like, hey, Jim, what's up? It's John. Anyway, I, I'll, I'll work in many different directions. Why do I do that? Because if it's not Jimmy, they're going to tell me it's not Jimmy. i be like, this ain't Jimmy. You know, so it's like, oh. So maybe I got something wrong. Is this not, you know, uh, one, two, three Elm Street? No, man. You got the wrong number. Got it. Wrong number. But a lot of times what happens, hey, Jimmy, it's John. John, who? You know, okay. Chances are I got Jimmy, right? It's like, well, you know, I was just giving you a quick call. Um, You have a minute right now? And I'm still trying to figure out, am I talking to Jimmy? You understand? Because once I connect those dots, that's where the value kicks in, right? So the property, well, I have a question about your house at, and just say the street address. Don't say one to three Elm. Because it's never that quick. There's some properties that's like 11039 Spruce Wood Avenue. You know, it's like, guys, just quick. You know, I'm, I'm, I have a quick question about your house at Spruce Wood. Why is that? Why did we use that line and not something else? It's because I'm not saying I want to buy your house at Spruce Wood, which they'll probably hang up on me or give me something else. Is I have a quick question about your house. Well, what's your question? 
you know, and I mentioned the house, the house name, the street name. So they're verifying that it's the right street. So this is something that, and we, again, we switch these up depending on the, you know, how many calls we do and all that. But again, our goal is to connect the dots. And this is how I train my VAs. All I need my VAs to do is this. That's it. Because anything that's follow-up, building rapport, building trust, all that, I want somebody that has experience doing. So this is when you can outsource these kind of things to your VA. So then they're making all the calls and they're just cleaning up the list for you, right? But at first, you need to be doing this because you need to build that endurance and the skills to be on the phone where you stop procrastinating every time you have to jump on the phone. And you want to keep it simple. The goal is just to connect the dots. That's it. It's nothing else. You don't got to complicate it. It's just connecting the dots. So now key number three is now you get to test different scripts. So you've gone through the list, right? You got comfortable with dialing the phone. By key number three, you should not be second guessing or worried about making calls. This should be more natural to you now. Now it's like, all right, I got to make calls. You know, I got to make calls. Making calls no longer moves the needle in any direction. So now you've connected the dots, you've spoken to people, and then you get to test out different scripts because guess what? You're going to screw up a lot of these calls like I told you before. And it so you say, okay, I, well, last time I called these people, I was using this script. Let me switch it up. Because my goal, what I go for, is whenever we're making calls, I'm looking at call duration, right? So if I see our call duration on average is below 30 seconds, that means that people are hanging up too quick. So our intro sucks, right? The, the first couple questions, the first couple lines of our conversation is just not working because the more I can keep people on the phone, the more I can figure out, do they really not want to sell or are they just trying to get me off the phone? So those are the gauges that we try to go for. So whenever I'm doing, I'm using call tools or whatever platform I'm using to track my calls, I try to look at the average. It's like, what is the retention of these calls? You know, are we losing them below 30 seconds? Yeah, we're losing all these at like 15. And this happened recently, right? Most of these calls were lasting like 10, 15 seconds. It's like, all right, let's, let's review these. What are the scripts? Let's change that up. Let's start asking this question. Start approaching it this way. What questions can I ask at the beginning that allows me to ask another question after that? And then what question do I have to ask after that that allows me to ask another question after that? Because the longer you have them on the phone, the better chance you have of building rapport with these people. So now you can start testing out different scripts. And these, a lot of them, I mean, I, I make up on the spot, but I make them up because of the feedback I'm getting. If everybody keeps rejecting me on, you know, on whatever I've been using, it's like, all right, obviously that's not working anymore. You know, where before you used to have good luck by just calling people and saying, hey, I want to buy your house. Um for cash as is, you know, no fees, all that nonsense, right? You do that now, you'll get hung up on in the first five seconds. They're like, nope, click. That's it. Was it really a no? Or are they just tired of getting that phone call? Chances are they're tired of getting that phone call. You understand? So you want to make sure you're testing out these scripts and seeing what do you keep getting rejected on. There's no right script. Sorry to tell you guys, and it doesn't matter what the gurus out there are telling you, there are no right scripts. Scripts are always evolving. They're always changing because you're talking to people. So you're talking to another human being. And people, when they get so many calls with the same exact line, they tend to kind of grow numb to that line. 
where they just don't want to hear it anymore. It's like, ah, oh, here we go, singing conversation. You understand? So one of the things, one of the key things when we craft our scripts is I'm thinking about how can I create an experience with this seller that they haven't had before with another investor? So what questions can I ask that somebody else has not asked yet? You understand? And all the only way I'm going to know this is by making enough calls and seeing how my rejections are going. I'm getting a ton of rejections and they're all under 10, 15 seconds. Got it. So this script is not working. Let's modify it, right? So you want to track your scripts because you want to know which ones you're using. I don't recommend there are people that are using a new script with every call they make because the last person rejected them. So then they assume every person after that is going to reject them. That's not how you test out a script. You test out a script by calling and actually speaking to 100 plus people using the same script and 100 plus people all rejected you. You understand? So it's like, all right, now that's a pattern. One person rejecting you is not enough to cause a pattern. You understand? One person can reject you, but maybe the other, the next 10, they all like it, right? So you want to test it out over a course of, I say, 100 people that you've actually spoken to. You understand? Not 100 calls, 100 people that you've actually spoken to because you have to test the script out. So you want to track which script you're using which, with uh, each call that you're doing. And then you want to ask people for ideas, right? So every time I go to networking events and I'm talking to other wholesalers and stuff like that, and they tell me, yeah, I'm marketing to the absentee list. I'm like, how, how are you getting, you know, how are you getting a hold of these people like that they want to sell? Are you just going with a generic script? Or are you asking them something else? There's a lot of people that are willing to share. I always share what scripts we're using at the moment because it's at the moment. They always change. So I don't really care, right? I know at some point people are going to start saying the same things I do. You know, and then it's going to be like, all right, I got to change it again. And that's just how I am a better investor because I'm not following what other people are doing. I'm creating the path, right? So I tend to become the first person to use a lot of the scripts, at least within my space. Um, because when I, when I use it, people, I can tell that they're like, uh, yeah, well, I don't know. I haven't thought about it. Right. Because it's like, oh, you haven't been asked this question before. You understand? So it's always changing. It's always different. Um, and then think like a person. I know you're, you're like, John, how else am I supposed to think? Right? I am a person. Like, I get it. But a lot of times when you get on the phone, and I've seen this time and time again, you become robotic, right? So you're saying, how else am I supposed to think? Well, you get nervous, you get caught up in the moment, and all of a sudden you just become so robotic. You know, and you're, you're, you're reading maybe your scripts or your notes or whatever it is. And it sounds like you're reading and you don't want that to happen. You're having a conversation with another human being. You understand? How do you have conversations with people? John, I suck having conversations with people. We'll get good at it. Okay. You got to talk to people. You got to be good with connecting with other people on the phone. You understand? So you got to, you got to understand you're talking to somebody else. What I like to do when I make calls, I do exactly what I'm doing right now. I'm standing up and I pace back and forth in my office. You understand? Like within an hour, I could probably do about 2,500 steps um, within an hour of just making calls. And that's because when I'm standing up, my energy is different. I have more energy. I'm, I'm, I'm you know, my, my airflow is better. I'm standing up straight. I'm walking. I'm keeping my blood pumping versus if I'm sitting down, you tend to get more sluggish and then your brain doesn't work as well. You know, you're, you're when they hit you with a question, you don't know how to overcome it right away. 
you're stuttering too much. That connection is not working very well because your energy is not up. But if you're standing up, you're walking, you're moving, you're doing all these things, all of a sudden your energy comes up and they give you a question, you hit it right back. And they give you another one and you hit it right back. And you take control of the call and then you lead the call. And it's just a whole different energy. Plus you get your steps in. And we know it's important to get your steps in. So definitely, definitely make your calls uh, standing up. They're very, very helpful doing it that way. And key number four is your follow-up forever. So here's your chance at the million first impressions. Like I said, the first three keys, these are all testing, everything like that. Now you get to start following up. Over 95% of our deals come from follow-ups. And I can show you, we have properties in our CRM right now. And I was looking at it the other day that are in our active column. Our active column in our CRM is properties that we are actively working on because they're interested in selling. So we're either in the negotiation stages, appointment, we, you know, we're getting on the contract, something along those lines. They're ready to sell. I'm looking at properties in there, 358 days they've been in our CRM, 584 days, 693 days they've been in our CRM. And we're just now starting to talk to them about buying their house. You understand? Like, this is the power of follow-ups. If you're trying to get a deal from the first time you're calling these people, man, it's going to be a challenge. It's not saying that it's not doable. We've done it, but it's not most of them. Most of your deals come from the follow-up. And when it comes time to follow-up, like I said, we, we have follow-up campaigns that hit people for the next 630 days every single month. Every single month, they're getting a little drip from us. You understand? So the follow-up game is so crucial. And this is why being organized with a good CRM is so important. Because if you're not putting the right task, if you're not putting the right follow-ups, if you're not doing all those things, all the marketing, everything you've done is completely wasted at that point. Because you're just, you're not following up. You understand? And again, the majority of the deals get done on the follow-up. So you want to make sure you're doing that and you get your chance at the million first impressions. We do it in our, in our CRM you, because you can buy so many different phone numbers. When we screw up a call, which happens a lot, um, we make a note of it. Hey, on the next call, switch the phone number, right? So we, we swap out the phone number. We call them from a different number, you know? And it's like, if last time it was John, then I'm all, this time I'm Steve. And next time I'm going to be Paul. Um, they don't freaking know, right? Like <laughs> they're not seeing me. They don't know if it's a different person. It's a whole different phone number and a different name. Oh, but John, they're going to remember your voice. No, they're not. They're not. I know I got a very sexy voice and I get it, but they're not going to remember my voice. Trust me. You understand? They're getting so many calls every single day that it just all blurs together. You understand? So you what? You get a million first impressions doing it that way. Uh, again, they're not going to remember you. Uh, now you can start leaving a voicemail. So... I don't do voicemails a lot, but I do them with foreclosures. So with foreclosures, um, we, we do leave voicemails because time is an issue, right? Especially in Texas, it's the first Tuesday of every month. They're getting foreclosed on. doesn't matter if it's the first of the year, whatever the holiday is, it's auction day. And they're going to get foreclosed on. So on, you know, when it comes time to foreclosures and stuff like that, those will leave voicemails for um, you can send text messages now because you have verified numbers. You, you know, this is the owner of the property. So now you can test out different, uh, text messages, different follow-up sequences. Um, 
you call them once a month. I like calling everybody once a month. It, John, they curse me out. Okay, give it two months and then call. When do you mark a, de a, a deal uh, lead as dead? When they sold the house. Or they threatening to like sue or something like that, that they get really aggressive, then I'll mark it as dead. Other than that, you can curse me out. I don't get triggered. <laughs> I don't take it personal. You don't know me. I know you're not cursing at me because you know me, you know who I am. You know, so I don't take it personal. You, you, you know, you get mad or whatever. It's like, cool. I'll just give you two months to cool off and I'll follow up then. Right. And trust me, we've gotten deals that way. I had a, my acquisition manager. She, um, she's like, man, the last time I had it in the notes, the last time I spoke to this person, he cursed me out. And like seven months later, she's calling him and he's like, Oh my God, you must be sent from God. What an opportunity. Yeah, I really need to sell. Thank you so much for calling. Complete sweetheart. Because life changed. His whole predicament, everything in his life just changed. Right? So now all of a sudden, he's a motivated seller. This is why you follow up. Just because they're mad at one point, everybody's going to sell their home at one point or another. It's just, the question is, are they going to sell to you or to somebody else? That's the only question. Me, I'd rather they all sell to me. So I, I make sure to stay up on the follow-up. You can set up drip campaigns. Like I told you before, we have a drip campaign that's um, 600 and like I said, 630 something days or something like that. And it's it's a mixture between every 24, 35 days, they're getting a text message and it builds on itself, right? So it's a whole conversation that just keeps building on itself of um, the all the messages and everything like that. And then after a while with, with a lot of them, what we get, it's like, well, what's your offer? Got it. Cool. Now you're starting to think about it. Where before you weren't giving answering or giving me the time of day. Now you're curious. What's your offer? Cool. Let's start. You might still be a few months away from actually doing something, but at least we got that conversation going. So set up drip campaigns has been crucial for us. Plus, text messages. There's more people that are willing to respond to a text message than answer a call. They work very well. You understand? So. Being able to do text message campaigns is a, it's a powerful thing to do. Um, and done is better than perfect, right? Like, I just want you to go ahead and just get through this. The more calls you make, the more time you're on the phone, the more work you're putting into this, the better you become at it. And the better you become, the more you're going to close deals. Again, I do call reviews with a lot of my students, and I'm listening to their calls, and they hang, they're, they're giving the seller an out. By saying, oh, okay, so uh, this is not a good time right now. Oh, I got it. I understand. Um, how about tomorrow? I'm like, what the hell are you doing? Oh, they said it wasn't a good time. I don't care. They're not going to answer the phone tomorrow. And what happens? They call them back tomorrow, and guess what? They don't answer the phone. What a surprise, because they knew you were going to call. You understand? You have them on the phone, you take advantage of that call. You, I don't hang up. They got to hang up on me. The only two ways I ever hang up on a lead is when I have an appointment schedule or I have a contract. If I don't have either one of those, I am not hanging. You're going to have to hang up on me. I'm not hanging up on you. As long as you were willing to be on the phone, I'm asking you more and more questions. You know, and, and one, one of them, they, one of my students actually used it. I, the guy tells him, look, man, I only have a minute. He's like, a minute is all I need. 58 minutes later, they were still on the phone. You understand? Because I only have a minute. Got it. Just real quick question. You go, you start building rapport, right? 
man, I, I told you I only have a minute. No, 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 just one more question. You keep going. If they truly only have a minute, they'll hang up on you. You understand? And they will if they truly only have a minute. A lot of times, they just don't want to be on the phone. And 58 minutes later, that guy was still on the phone with him. They were talking, they talked about everything about the property. And this is all a guy that only had a minute. So I never get off the phone.